welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Two and One Golf Podcast. Today we have Sterling and we have Mike. Madison is out yet again. Busy, busy two weeks for him. Uh, you know, he's a family guy, family man, and he's got family in town, so he's got to take care of a couple of things there. But Mike is here. I'm here. How you doing, Mike? Doing great, Sterling. Great to be back. I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> a lot to get to in the in the golfing world, but I want to start by saying it's going to be a pretty quick episode. My Lakers are playing tonight at 10 o'clock. They're up 2-1 against the Warriors, so we're, we're, we're hoping LeBron, AD, can pull it out. I have Lakers in six. Got a little bit of change on that, a little, little coin. Um, but... PGA so quick, Tour. Okay, quick question for you. Quick question for you before we get off that. Los Angeles Lakers. How many lakes in LA? One. <laughs> I don't know. I don't so what's know. with the name? I, that's a great question. Uh, it's got to be some sort of like nickname for something else. Are you doing a little bit of research? I see you over there. Oh yeah. So do you know where the Lakers started? All right, I'm, let me go ahead and say this. I'm more of a LeBron fan than I am a Lakers fan. <laughs> okay, I only like the okay. Lakers because I like LeBron. Uh, I'm going to say the Lakers started... Mm, is it East Coast or West Coast? How about neither? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, it started in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so where's the land of 10,000 lakes? Uh, what is that, like Michigan or something? Minnesota, they were oh, the Minneapolis geez. Lakers, and that's what I love about it. That's one of the things I love about the NBA is there's so many teams that have kept their names after they moved, like the Utah Jazz. Yeah, where they start? Not uh, New Orleans. Not a lot of jazz in Utah. Plenty in New Orleans. Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies. Many grizzly bears in Memphis. Couldn't tell you. Never been. No. How about Vancouver? <laughs> How do you know all this? He said you were an NBA fan. I'm a sports fan in general. I heard, uh, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about uh, how it seems like NBA teams do a much better job of keeping their team names when they move. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas uh, like in the NFL, you know, the Oilers didn't keep their name when they moved to, uh, to Tennessee. You know, so many teams have changed their names. Baseball, you know, same thing. But, uh, NBA, they, they honor the name. They honor the tradition of the name. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder, what's the the last team or the latest team to switch locations and also change names in professional sports? In professional sports? Yeah. Because the Rams, St. Louis to L.A. didn't yeah. change. They, they kept the name. But that Raiders. Was, Raiders hmm. kept their name. Hmm. Ooh, I mean, is it is it the Hartford Whalers moving to Carolina to become the Hurricanes? That's actually been a while, though. Well, yeah. What year was that? Any idea? Oh God! I'll let you That's search that. Ages. I got another one. We need, got... we need Stack Guy Madison, but yeah, yeah. He's two weeks in a row we're missing him. It's it's just really rough on us. Um, what about the Charlotte Bobcats? Okay, they went from. They didn't change locations, though. I guess that's incorrect. They just changed the name. Right. They went back to the Hornets, and then the Hornets, which was New Orleans, went to the Pelicans. Right. 
I guess that doesn't count either, huh? Um, let's see. Who would have thought yes. we'd, we'd start with this? No kidding. So I guess the Whalers look like the Whalers moved in '98. So that's been a while. Um, so maybe is it? It's a real shame. Montreal. The, command, the Commanders didn't go anywhere. No, the Commanders didn't go anywhere. Was it the Expos moving to Washington to become the Nats? Interesting. I don't know. So yes, folks, you wanted a sports team name podcast. Two in one golf. We've got you covered. You ever use um? Was it like Sporkle, where they have a bunch of sports quizzes? That's what this feels like right now. All right, just read a podcast on Sporkle. Uh, but let's get back to the PGA Tour. Uh, the Wyndham champion. Sorry, no, the not the Wyndham Wind- champion at, at Wells Fargo uh, at Quahologies. So. You know, I was typing this up, and I didn't really realize—I didn't realize it until you know I typed it up. But yeah, Wyndham Championship, Wyndham Clark, Wyndham Rewards, man, would have been great, honestly. Uh, Wyndham Clark picks up his first PGA Tour win of his career, wire to wire, three point six million designated event, and took down a bunch of great players. Yeah, really, really did. Um... You know, can't can't really say anything bad about his performance. Um, you know, he really just kind of I don't know, just took control of the tournament early, and except for maybe a little shakiness on the front nine yesterday, you know, just kind of put it in a sleeper hold and you know choked the field out, and you know, just it turned out to be kind of a sleepy uh, a sleepy Sunday afternoon, but. You know, good for him. One thing I didn't know, he murders the ball. He really, really mashes it. Yeah. I had no idea he was so long. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. I really never followed his game um, at all. The only thing I I picked him two weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. which would have been two weeks ago. What tournament was that? I think it was in Mexico, I guess. Or was that last week? Tony Fina. Uh, last week was Mexico. Yeah. So two weeks was yeah the season's all starting to run together. Yeah, maybe RBC. I don't know. I picked him two weeks in our fantasy league or my work fantasy league, and only picked him because he was thirteen made cuts out of fifteen this mm-hmm. season. Uh, I was like, this guy's just he's he's nails. He's consistent. Um, of course, I picked him that week, and he didn't do much. I think he maybe got a top forty or whatever. Um, but now he wins. So uh, now fifth in the FedEx Cup. 31st and OWGR. Uh, I want to talk about the players just behind him that he beat. And to start, uh, Xander Shoffley, we talked about earlier, was in the lead, tied for the lead after the seventh hole. He had the lead after seven. He was tied. He tied it up on three and then took the lead on seven with a birdie. Yeah. And Wyndham Clark. Pretty steady start um, for a guy who hasn't won on tour. I think he made one bogey. On, he opened with a bogey, a uh, couple of pars, and a bunch of pars. Yeah, um, and like I said, like you said, Xander took the lead. Um, but you know, the back nine he, again. He was very solid. Shot three under on the deck to shoot sixty-eight. Um, he beat Xander by four. 
Yeah, it was it was interesting. I turned the uh, the coverage picked them up, I believe, right after seven. So when I turned it on, pulled it up on the DVR, and there's Xander in the lead. Uh, Clark was one over going into that point, and I thought, well, okay, you know, X is going to give it to us. He's just going to, you know, he's going to carry it away. Clark has had some, uh, you know, he's had some temper issues. He's had some kind of self-doubt issues, really hard on himself, beating himself up a lot and thought, you know, all right, we're, we're not going to see him again. And no, he just flipped the script with a birdie on eight and Xander really had trouble finding the golf course on the back nine. He was all over the place off the tee. Very unzander like you know, just kind of, uh, kind of spraying it, kind of spraying it, and you know, made a lot of good pars, mm-hmm. but did not really put himself in a chance to, uh, you know, in a chance to really even put any more pressure on Clark. How many more weeks, events, majors, until we start to worry about Xander? Because he hasn't won since the Scottish Open, I believe. I think he gets a pretty decent sized pass based on last season. I think that's mm-hmm. the only thing that's that's keeping him uh you know that's keeping him off the death watch. But yeah, I mean he needs to he needs to uh he really needs to step up and do something and honestly at this point I think it needs to be a major. You know, another maybe a designated event okay but i think we're at the point now where it's like all right if you're going to be in that next echelon if you you know if you want to be thought of in the same vein as a scotty shuffler or well i mean now that rom's a a two-time major winner i don't even think you get to there but uh yeah you need to show you need to you need to bag a major i think yeah so well i mean PGA Championship only two weeks away. He's in pretty good form. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Gotta think so yeah. he's a contender. I think that's a good. I think it's going to be a good golf course setup for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, but back to Wyndham Clark. So Xander yes. by four. Harris English, Terrell Hatton by seven. Fleetwood. Harris English showing signs of life. Yeah. Finally. I haven't really good, seen good him see. since the uh, the Ryder Cup, I guess, in twenty twenty one. Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott, he Wyndham Clark beat him by eight, and yeah. then also Scott, last uh, year's champion Max Homa by ten. By ten. Um, did you catch Adam Scott degreening himself? I didn't. I missed that. Oh God! Yeah. Yep. 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 The fast quail hollow greens just a little bit too much for uh, for Scotty and the broomstick and yeah, classic degreening. Yeah, he's talked about how you know with that broomstick putter, he really struggles on super fast greens. Like mm-hmm. I think at Augusta, he had mentioned um, in, a, in a video that I was watching that he would switch to uh, a regular length putter just so he could have better control on the greens. But he ended up using the broomstick at um, Augusta. And, you know, here at Quill Hollow continues to struggle with, you know, the speed of the greens. Uh, one player that is continuing to struggle is Rory McIlroy. 
open with a a, a pretty good pretty 68. good sixty eight. Yeah, I think he was a couple of shots off the lead at the time, uh, and then just went cold. 73, 71, 72 to finish out his week. Yeah, really surprising. Obviously, he's not saying much about the uh, the RBC Heritage withdrawal. Um, you know, some veiled references to his head not being in it, him needing to be at home, those sorts of things. I think we're all going to give him a pass for that, but really expected him to be back in form uh, because other than really a showing at the masters, I mean, he'd been playing pretty well and thought that if he had some time to get his head right, that, you know, he's feasted on quail hollow in the past. So just really surprising to see him kind of lay an egg. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder, you know, has Rory, you know, told, um, Jay Monahan or someone in the PGA Tour, like, hey, you know, when I'm in this press conference or whatever, like, make sure no one asks me about the RBC heritage. I'm getting that kind of vibe from the situation. Is that like, how do you yeah. not, how, how do we not get an answer to that? Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's a legitimate question. And if it is, something personal then you know i think you've got to respect that but i think the question itself is pretty legitimate yeah. and you know i hope at some point he feels okay to talk about it you know i mean you talk about someone getting kind of a wide berth for you know what they have to explain and what they don't i think rory definitely does you know i think being one of the top players in the world winning the FedEx Cup last year and basically being the commissioner of the PGA Tour or at least head of comms for the PGA Tour for the last year and a half, that's a lot to carry, you know? I mean, you're kind of asking a lot, asking a lot of them, so. Yeah, well, how do you like his chances in two weeks? He's not playing the Byron Nelson this week. Obviously, he will be at Oak Hill, past PGA champion. It's not Augusta, so he just got... I don't know. Shouldn't have a whole lot of pressure on him. You know, it's it's practically a home game. His wife is from Rochester. You know, he's got in laws in Rochester. I How think, do you? I, hang I on, I guess a, I gotta stop. You. Where where do you store this information? You blow my mind with some of this knowledge that you just pull out of your. You know what? <laughs> How do you know his wife is from Rochester? I forget where I heard it. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, again, it's it's practically a home game. I think he's an honorary member at Oak Hill. You know, I, I think when he rolls up to see the in-laws and, you know, they just kind of, they just kind of drive over to the club and, mm-hmm. you know. Does he stay with them that week? God, do you stay with your in-laws when you're playing a major championship? No, no shot, right? Yeah, God, I would hope not. Uh, he may actually have a house there in town, from yeah. what I've heard. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, you've got to you got to love his chances. I think again, just he's got to have his head right, mm-hmm. and hopefully he does because the game's better when he's 
when he's playing well. Yeah. Um, speaking of the games better when they're playing well, Ricky Fowler back in the top 50 in the OWGR. Nice. The seg- top 14 or a T14. T14. Nice week. segue. Nice segue there, by the way. Thank you. I got to do yeah, it. You know, segue. Madison's not here trying yeah. to carry the show. He's usually the, the guy that handles everything. But uh, yeah, Ricky Fowler this week. Yeah, you love to see it. And honestly, that T fourteen could have been a lot better. He uh he spent a few shots coming down the stretch, but love to see him playing his way back into form. I think, you know, it's it's I think with what he's been doing lately, if he were to pick off a win this year, that would not surprise me at all in the least. Someone else that it wouldn't surprise me to see pick off a win. Tool time, Patrick Cantlay. But T21 this week, and with a new man on the bag. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised by that, honestly. It kind of so, gives me... It, it, Joey LaCava is now on the bag for Patrick Cantlay. Tiger Woods obviously had surgery, um, what was that, two or three weeks ago now? Yeah, it's about three um, weeks, I think. Just after the Masters, and I don't know. I, don't, I know that he's done. Tiger, this is uh, done for the year. And how long is Joey going to be on Cantley's back? And does this mean Tiger's done for you know more than just the end of the year? I mean, I think if you're Tiger, being in the position that you're in. Unless he's just chipping off Lacava a salary and saying, "Look, you know, I'll I'll pay you X amount per year, whether I play ten times or whether I play once," you got to let him go earn. You got to let Lacava go earn. So it it definitely does start calling things into question, though. It, it you you know, and hearing the rumor mill grinding and is Tiger done? is this the end? And I, I certainly you hope not. Yeah. Certainly you hope not, but you've got to, you got to give your caddy a chance to go out and make some money. So, and you know, there's a whole lot worse bags out on tour than, than can't Yeah. I mean, I can't lay okay, right now. Yeah. As long as you're okay with slow play. Yeah. I saw someone tweeted or said something like a little jab at killing. It was like, Oh, like, Joey Lacava is slowing down. He's taking things easy, and he's going to go hop on Cantley's back. <laughs> um, another player that we've been following the last few weeks here, Akshay Batia. T43. Good on him for making the cut. Yep. Decent um, finish. Decent yeah. finish. It's yeah. A, a designated event. I would assume that he's going to climb up the FedEx Cup rankings. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw him on there just so that, you know, get a little update. Um, now, your your boy, My your boy. guy, your dark horse. So I hit yes. the gala. We talked about it last week. Mike, you know, you know if he's got I... a two-shot lead going into Saturday, Sunday, would you go down, take a three-and-a-half-hour trip to, to watch him win potentially his first tournament? 
And boy, did I think it was going to happen after round one. He's had opens, a 67. Yeah, opens with a 67. I'm thinking, all right, you know, maybe give my sister a call. Tell her to, you know, tell her to make change the sheets in the guest bed. I might be coming, uh, I might be coming to see him. But now, that's a tough, that's a tough finish to start with a 67 and finish T56. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah, I was wondering if you maybe texted him or called him or said something like, "No, hey, no, like- no, no, no." I, I, I totally, you know, I mean, not that we don't text all the time because we, we totally do, but uh, yeah, I knew he was locked in. He was in the zone. I wasn't going to break him out of it. Yeah. So. I heard you have a uh, so, should this exist? Yeah. For so this week? I need to ask you, Sterling. Should this exist? Should Quail Hollow get? as much shine as much run as much exposure as it does or do we get a little bit more quail hollow than we actually need you know being close to the area i'm gonna say yes it should because it gives us an opportunity to the best players in the world um you know once every three or four years um I heard that they're going to have the PGA Championship back in 2025. Is that correct? In 2025, after having had it in 2017. So, eight years. Just eight years between PGA Championships. So, just so everyone knows, they have, in the last eight years, right? Or, I guess, not in the last eight years. The last, geez, here we go. The last six plus the next two. They're going to have two PGA championships, one in 2017, one in 2025. They have the Wells Fargo every year, which is a high-level event. And they also had the President's Cup in 2022. Again, I'm going to stick with my answer and say, yes, it should, it should exist. But other than, you know, let's think of the courses that get this kind of exposure. We have, obviously, like the Open Championship, home and golf. We get it. The Masters every year, we get it. Pebble Beach, you get it, right? What other courses have, you know, an event of that magnitude every five years? And then a PGA Tour event annually on top of it. Right. And I think that's what kind of almost diminishes the mystique is... Because, yeah, I think really, unless you're Pebble, I don't know that you get to both have a PGA Tour event every year and a major on a regular basis. So, yeah, I think we just, we get a little bit more Quail Hollow than we really need. I mean, beautiful golf course. My God, it just pops on TV. Um, Maybe a little monotonous, but... You know, certainly Charlotte, great town. People show out for it. It's always packed. You know, good good fans in Charlotte. They definitely support it. So I mean you can't you can't argue with that, but you know, maybe a little less quail hollow wouldn't be so bad. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know. I don't I love the PG tour. I love golf. I definitely don't go to quail as much as I should, I feel like. I've only been once. And, you know, we're only 
three and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a tournament in D.C. anymore. Right. I believe the closest event to us is now in Greensboro with the Wyndham. But, I mean, that's a, hey, I'm not in the FedEx Cup yet. Let me try to go qualify. So yeah, you really don't get to see the big stars. Right. That's a different kind of that's a different kind of event. That's a different kind of vibe. Uh, but yeah, you went there for the President's Cup last year. I was there for the second round of the uh, the 2017 PGA Championship. You know, definitely, you know, definitely a, a you know a deserving and worthy golf course, and you know, not that far a drive. Yeah, from here. So, you know, love to get major championship golf that close, big time golf that close. Just, you know, I just can't help but feel getting a little beaten over the head by it. And, you know, especially in a week where, you know, we had a solid top of the leaderboard, but, you know, Scotty and Rom both took the week off. Rory played, but basically took the week off. Yeah. You know, it didn't it didn't pop it didn't it didn't pop like it should all right so heading on to uh this week the at&t byron nelson pga tour returns to texas um big storyline going into it jordan spieth withdrawals due to a wrist injury i believe he heard it this past weekend i didn't see any shots or anything crazy i don't know if i just missed it have you seen anything no, I mean, I've heard about it, but uh, they're not pointing to any kind of like, you know, smoking gun shot like it was this shot out of thick rough or something that messed up his wrist. And, yeah. you know, certainly, certainly Randall Mel and the folks at AT&T, I'm sure, are pretty, pretty disappointed that their beautiful boy is not going to be there. Um, you know, but Jordan has definitely carried a carried a lot of water for AT&T in the past, and hopefully they can... Uh, they can give him a pass on this one. Yeah, I mean, he's carried that tournament long enough. I think Scotty can take it over, right? Oh, I think Scotty could definitely take it over. Uh, AT&T going to slap their logo on his bag, too? I don't know. That's good. That's a good point there. You know, might as well. Might as well. I mean, he's one of the hottest players on earth. But, yeah, who's, uh, does Scotty have a big sponsor? He doesn't um, have a bag sponsor. I think he carries... The, doesn't he carry a tailor-made bag? I think so. Yeah. That's interesting. What are they waiting on? Seriously. Sign them up. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, hey, maybe two and one. Maybe we'll, you know. <laughs> Could you imagine? Hey, Scotty, uh, just let me slide in your DMs here. We have this two-in-one staff bag. Any uh, interest in, you know, rocking it for this week? No chance. Um, but Not yeah, Scotty, Scotty headlines the field. Um, one thing that, you know, we see every year with this tournament is 16 year old Jordan Spieth in 2010, making his first PGA tour start. I wonder if we'll still see that with him being out. Probably. I don't know. I don't think they can help themselves. I'm going to say we don't they, see it. You're going to say we don't see it. Eh. I think they mix it in when they talk about the fact that he's not playing because he's hurt. I think that's the perfect perfect yeah. excuse. Maybe they don't beat us over the head with it, but that might be a Thursday thing. Uh, so let's move into our picks. Our picks are the right. AT&T Byron Nelson. Is it still at uh, TPC Craig Ranch? At Craig T. Nelson Ranch, yes. 
Greg T. Nelson Hernandez. All right. Um, Madison Hill couldn't be here last week. Took Max Homa. Thanks to me and just saying it. Um, Max Homa had a top 10 top last 10. week. Yep. And of course, our picks, uh, you know, yeah. missed the cut. I'm really disappointed in Cam Young, unfortunately. For how you. did that happen? How did how does Cam Young miss the cut at Quail Hollow? He's like Taylor. I guess I shouldn't say Taylor made. He doesn't play for Taylor made, but he is just perfect course fit for Quail Hollow. Goes out there, does nothing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so Madison is going with Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. All right. Interesting. Can Hatton interesting keep pick. his head? Can he keep his head on straight? We'd I like him. It. I like him for a top. Mm, I don't want to say top ten, maybe a top fifteen uh, this week. Uh, I am going to take Adam Scott. I'm going to go back to back Aussies. I took Jason Day last week. Didn't work out for me. Missed the cut by one after a sluggish. 73 in the first round. Uh, but, you know, Adam Scott, I know he degreened this week, but he's he's your ball striker's favorite ball striker. I'm going to steal that line from you. He might be getting a little old, um, but why not? Why not Adam Scott? Why not Adam Scott? Uh, has he, he hasn't won in a while, right? He hasn't, but I think he's a good – I think he's definitely a solid top 10 pick especially at, at Craig Ranch. I think, you know, I think he's going to be just fine there. So, yes, yes, Cameron Young decided to go and miss the cut for me. Uh, a lot of different ways I could have gone with this week's pick. I could have gotten really chalky with Scotty. Almost did that, but I'm going to I'm going to reach uh I'm going to reach into the bag a little bit and pull out Seamus Power. You know, you haven't heard much from him lately. And <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, he's a good course fit, likes Craig Ranch. You know, it's about time for him to do a little something, wake up out of the doldrums. Um, has started playing a little bit better of late. And, you know, it would just be fun to not pick one of the top one or two players in the world and see, yeah. uh, take a flyer on this. So, yeah. So, you know, back in the Irish, Aaron Gobra, Seamus, you better do it for me. All right. So Madison has Terrell Hatton. I have Adam Scott and Mike has Seamus Powers. Yes. Um, All right. So any, any anything new- else? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. other news. In other um, news. This one's kind of interesting. Um, Live Golf Australia 2023. I do not recall the course it was played at, but uh, the Grange in Adelaide. Thank you. Again, Mike has this massive brain where he can store all of this information. It just it doesn't go anywhere. It's useless information, though. Oh, I mean, we're using it right now. We are using it right now. Okay. Uh. So, Live Golf. I've already forgotten the name of the course. Don't worry. Don't say it again. They just heard it. We're good. Um, They leave this course with so much damage, so much 
I just, basically, they've said the course is unplayable for the next six months. What do you do to a golf course, you know, other than hurricane, tornado, some sort of natural disaster? You know, what can humans do to a golf course other than like heavy artillery that leaves it unplayable for six months? I don't know. I've seen some of the, I guess, like foot traffic plus golf cart traffic, which is, you know, one thing that when I went to Trump, national in dc that i saw is the amount of golf carts they have for these live events to get players from hole to hole like the shuttle because it's a shotgun start is insane they have probably 200 plus golf carts on the grounds and that was just in the dc one um i don't know what it was like down in australia but i can see where you're driving these golf carts all over the place where it could do some some damage i would assume they had some sort of rain prior to the event um because the foot traffic was just so muddy um where they put the grandstands the beer cans that were left everywhere i saw a photo of the grounds crew um and this wasn't on the watering hole this was just you know after the event um cleaning up beer cans from one of the bunkers so i don't know did they not have enough trash cans everywhere i don't know yeah, this is this is just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you look at the PGA Tour and they can throw the waste management in, you know, in Arizona, an even bigger party by all, you know, by all measures, and the course is back open for play in a couple of days after the tour leaves. Yeah. So you know, uh, even even sometimes the, the next day. Yeah. So I mean, what are you doing here? I don't know. That's absolutely ridiculous. Guess we can cut them a little bit of slack. It's their first. Uh, I guess it's their, it's their first fun tournament. Well, it <laughs> might be their first tournament with so many people. I guess I don't know. Might be. Uh, the DP World Tour. Yes. The DS Automobiles Italian Open at Marco Simone, won by your Adrian Moronk, and. Uh, you know, not that notable of a tournament, not that notable of a venue, except except that it is hosting the Ryder Cup this fall. So, and word on the street is a lot of the guys don't really love it. <laughs> well, I guess it's too late now. Huh? It's definitely... <laughs> It's definitely too late now. But when you think about all the phenomenal golf in Europe and they're playing the Ryder Cup at Marco Simone in Italy. And look, as a proud Italian, you know, my boy, Francesco Molinari, really hoping that he finds some form and finds a way to make the team. But why are they taking the Ryder Cup to Italy? Why are they taking it to Italy? It. I don't get it. Do Is there not great golf in Italy? Do not get it. I We're not known for our golf. We're not known for our golfers. It's not <laughs> what we're known for. I don't know. I I want to applaud the DP World Tour because you know, I I hear what you're saying about going to Italy, but 
I do like how they go to the Ryder Cup courses a year before on the DP World Tour and just like play it out. Maybe it's like a little test run. Oh um, yeah. No, I think it's smart. I think it's smart. I think it's tough that honestly that this tournament was scheduled up against a designated event because I would have loved to have seen some Americans go yeah. over and play in it and get you know get kind of a sneak peek of it in tournament conditions. Yeah. You know, obviously it was not going to happen going up against the designated but um go ahead no just i feel like with not having had the greatest record in europe in recent memory you know i feel like every little bit of course knowledge that the u.s can get you know just it can't hurt yeah so guess we'll see yeah i'm trying to think back on rider cups that we've hosted over here in the u.s and i'm trying to think like just the courses have i mean we're gonna test that big brain of yours mike what are the courses that have hosted a rider cup in the last few years i guess last 10 years here so have this in order i mean last one was whistling straights which okay. we've hardly seen a PGA. gets a, it's seen a pga in the past hardly hardly ever really gets uh you know doesn't yeah. get a whole lot of play otherwise so that's that was you know really no no great knowledge one way or the other um yeah was hazeltine hazeltine before that again gets they a major really... every now and again but not yeah. much not much other than that. Um, what was that one in Chicago where like Rory showed up pretty late for his tea time? That's Medina. Yeah. And, you know, again, gets a major every 10, 15 years. And that was the... That was where Europe staged that big comeback on Huge Sunday, comeback on right? Sunday. Yeah. Because yeah. we had it pretty much on lock and found a way to was... blow that one. I think that was our last three right there. Yeah. That would have been 2012. Hazel Team would have been 2016. And then 2020, or I guess 2021, was with some straights with COVID. Yeah. And then 2008 at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky Valhalla, which I think it had a PGA Championship before that. Yeah. But again, in the U.S., definitely not playing courses that are regular tour stops. Yeah. It's very interesting. It is. It is. But yeah, I mean, I think the DP World Tour has got the right idea of getting their players reps on the course that they're going to be playing the Ryder Cup at when they're hosting. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Sure does. Uh, LPGA Tour this week held, hosted the International Crown, which was won by Team Thailand. That's congratulations right. to them. And it was also played. Oh, you just told me this. It I was did. played. Hang on. Hang Do on. Do you remember? I'm not going to Let me see. I'm going to test my small brain here. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. This is bad. 
I can't remember. San Francisco. Harding Park. There you go. There you Thank go. you. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Yep. Yeah, Team Thailand, led by the Jatanagarn sisters and Ataya Titakun and Patty Tavitanikit showing out this week. Um, good to see her playing a little bit better. Uh, the LPGA Tour is always better when she's playing well. And yeah, the the, the ties just absolutely strangled the field. So, you know, hats off to them. They beat Team Australia. And uh, the U.S. managed to uh, beat Sweden to finish third. But really cool, really cool event. Um, love to see people playing for their countries. Love to see, you know, the strongest, you know, the strongest countries in the world getting a chance to show out like that. You know, the uh, the Solheim Cup is great and all, but it's just U.S. versus Europe. Asia is so strong, and this is their chance to really show something. And, you know, the the ties really did. Surprising Korea did not show up. Did not show up. Never would have thought that. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about England. Yeah. Um, little, uh, little intrigue, little, uh, little juiciness there. So Georgia Hall and Charlie Hall, both, uh, late withdrawals from the event, uh, kind of, kind of left their teammates high and dry. Uh, both have been playing a lot recently and both cited, kind of vague illness injury things you know one had a foot injury that she'd been nursing i think that was georgia hall and then charlie hall was battling a stomach bug but you know their teammates um bronte law who will call out anybody for any reason whatsoever called them both out and said it was disgraceful um which i love love to see that and you know you've got to wonder had they been playing too much? Um, were they not nearly as interested in playing for their country because the purse wasn't that big? No race to the CME Globe points. You're just playing for things like pride and honor and, you know, your flag and those things. And, you know, was that not enough to get them up for the moment to, you know, overcome, uh, you know, the queasy stomach? Who can say? But yeah. So did they withdraw before the event started? They did withdraw before the event started. So did England was able to field a four-woman team, but okay. you took their two best players and replaced them with fifth and sixth. And it's not like England's all that deep yeah. that they can reach down past their top four and really expect to do a whole lot. So yeah. Well, that's tough. That's um. It is. You, and you think you when you think about England, you think, man, that country they have a lot of pride. They do. Right? I mean, they talk about the World Cup that they won in what '66, which was Something. so right, so long ago. I mean, they, but that's all they talk about when it comes to soccer. Right. Sorry, football. Football. Um, you know, that's just very surprising to me. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of disappointing that uh, 
you know, again, you're not able to answer the, you're not able to answer the call when, when your country is calling for you. So, well, that's something they're going to have to live with. Yeah. That's their karma. Yep. So, but again, congrats to team Thailand. Couldn't have had a better winner. Love to see it. Couldn't have had a better winner. Honestly, I'm going to say that, you know, the Thai women are playing some of the best golf in the world. And I think, you know, like, yes, would I have loved to see the U.S. win? Absolutely, I would love to see the U.S. win. But I think that just makes it that much better when we do finally win one of these. Okay, yeah. I got you. Um, All right, we're going to move away from the tours. And I feel like we haven't done this in a while. But I just want to kind of, you know, talk about where we are with our games um before we do that we did post a youtube video this past weekend um you know how to become a better putter we talked about you know pointing aim yes aligning yourself aligning your golf ball picking a a line yeah pointing pointing at uh, a target i guess you could say um so yeah, that video is live on our YouTube. Go ahead and uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, but I'll start with you, Mike. Just kind of where are you? I know you got a new driver in the bag. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, just kind of where your your golf game is right now. So I, I think I can best describe my game as being just mired in mediocrity. You know, it, it's just... I feel like I'm close but just not just not there still working on the grip change and honestly I have some I have some days with my irons that are really really nice um but just absolutely fighting fighting the driver and losing um you've seen you've seen the stats you've seen the fact that I hit my forewood the same distance as my driver which is uh which is pretty embarrassing. I do like the new Mizuno ST220Z, uh, but still really losing it left a lot. And, uh, you know, just kind of stuck at that 7, 8 handicap mark and really can't uh, can't get below it right now, unfortunately. So, But doesn't mean I'm not trying. Yeah. Still out there plugging. Any events coming up for you? I've got a uh, VSGA one day at uh, Meadowbrook in a month. I've got that. Does Madison sign up for that one as well? Madison signed up for that as well. Uh, We might be playing in the same group. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Unfortunately, it's tough for me to play in one day's during the week so that's why i haven't signed up for a whole bunch of them i might snap up another one here or there kind of last minute uh some of the ones around town here that maybe don't fill up just to get a few more stroke play rounds in because you don't get better at playing stroke play golf by not playing stroke play golf so need to do that um am also playing in a uh season-long match play points race tournament with uh a group that i'm a uh that I'm a member of 
Still only have one match in, but I am undefeated. But I need at least five more matches in order to make the uh, in order to make the cup finals. So gotta get uh, gotta get cracking on that. But yeah. been busy, been busy Saturday mornings. But I'll have Saturdays off for a little while, so should go. be able to get a bunch more matches in. So how yeah. about yourself? What's the competitive golf landscape looking like for you, Sterling? Uh, I actually played. I guess it's not an event. Um, but I'm in the third year now of playing in the Southern Chapter match play. Mm-hmm. Uh, year one, lost in round two. Year two, made it all the way to semifinals. Uh, year three, already into the round of 16. I played my match today at Old Trail Golf Club. Uh, the round of 32, took down my opponent three and two. Um, pretty Thanks. average. Yeah, thank you. A uh, pretty average day for me on the course. He kind of gave me a couple holes. Um, started out really bad on the on the first hole. The, uh, okay. 9.25 tee off time. I leave my house at 7. It's an hour and a half to get to the course. Wait, wait. Old Trail in Crozet. Crozet. An hour and a half from here in Richmond. Correct. That's from where I From where I live, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we'll get there at 8.30... You know, we'll warm up, we'll putt. So I leave my house. All right, a little bit of traffic. That's fine. Uh, stop and get gas. All right, that adds about <laughs> that adds about five minutes. Oh, okay. I was like, well, dang, I got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get something to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I stop and get something to eat. And, you know, it's, it's looking good. It's saying like an 845 arrival time. And right across the street from the neighborhood... That old trail is in is a school. Oh no! <laughs> and I get there at eight forty-five, nine o'clock, and school's starting. And they have the intersection shut down, just like getting buses into the school. And I'm like, oh, I'm screwed now. I don't get into the parking lot until nine fifteen. <laughs> I run in, check in. It's only ten minutes, so I just hit up a couple of putts. But yeah, it took a seven on the first hole. Hit my first drive out of bounds. Uh, second drive wasn't great. And, you know, luckily for me, my playing partner flew the green on his third shot, goes long, has to hack out, and he three-putted for a seven. So, hey. So you have the first hole with a seven. Mike, I'm walking back to the cart with the biggest grin on my face. Like, I don't <laughs> want him to see it, obviously. But like, and hopefully he's not listening to this. But, um, yeah, I'm like, no way I just have that hole. Don't you love match play for that? It's oh. the best. It is you the know, best. I hit the first drive and I was like, all right, we're one down. I'm like it just it is what it is. Let's just play right. the rest of the hole, get loose. And then we walked off and I was I was happy. So it was an interesting round. Um closed out the front nine, I was one up. Then I went birdie birdie, par birdie, and got it to three up. Um and yeah, that was pretty much all she wrote. So on the round of sixteen. No idea when my next match will be. Probably wait for a while. Um, but Old Trail is the course that I'm also qualifying for the state open at. So it was good to kind of see it. Um, pretty easy course. Only 6,600 yards from the tips. Mm, okay. Um, pretty generous fairways. The only thing is just off the fairway, probably, you know, 10 yards of rough. And then they have just super thick, almost fescue type grass. So. Okay. If you're really messing with the driver, you can get in some trouble. But, uh, you know, beautiful course in the mountains. 
Um, should be a should be a birdie fest when we go for the qualifier. So um, I'm thinking 74 or less will get you in. So oh wow, okay. Yeah, a couple of things I need to tighten up in my game. Obviously, the driver started out pretty shaky. Um, putting was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was a pretty decent day. I was pretty happy with how I played. So I couldn't warm up. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, like we said, Madison's been busy. I'm not sure what his golf game is looking like. I talked to him this weekend, and he put down a bunch of mulch. So I don't know if he's picked up a club in the last two weeks, but his open qualifier is coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry at Lake Chesden. So definitely yeah. get him back out at Lake Chesden. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. This weekend is Mother's Day. Shout out to all the moms, but I don't know. Let's get back out there soon to get him ready. Yeah, laying mulch is not gonna help you prepare for the state open qualifier. He showed me a photo, Mike. The amount of mulch that man had in his driveway was insane. You know, he's he's very domestic. Yeah, he's very domestic. He's very domesticated. He's yeah. you know, good good house guy good yard guy you know it's impressive it's impressive yeah. but uh everything's got to be done by himself so it's got to take um, a toll on the golf game though it's got to so yeah um but yeah other than that um that's pretty much it we put a good story out on instagram I guess we put a post out of a story on our Instagram of the MGA boys match play. That's right. We have a, we got a couple minutes here before the Lakers start. You want to touch on that a little bit? So this was a tournament held at the club that I used to caddy at when I was in high school and college. I had just gotten back home from a grueling year at school um most of that self-inflicted it was not class it was extracurricular activities and my phone had been ringing off the hook the caddy master had been calling my mom and bugging the you know what out of her to get me to come over because they were having this tournament and it's it's all these you know tween boys it's you know like 11 to 14 um 11 to 14 year olds playing match play for the MGA. I mean, it's a pretty big event. You know, the MGA is a New York, New Jersey, uh, the Met section. Um, so a lot of great players, a lot of really, really good players who've uh, played in that and won it. And I show up and I'm, you know, still hung over from, I'm just, you know, college hijinks. And, uh, you know, the caddy master pulls me, he pulls me over. He's like, oh, I've got, I got a great bag for you. I got a great bag for you. This kid's going to win. He's, he's, he's definitely going to win. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, you've told me that a million times before giving me just absolutely awful golfers. And I figured I was just, I was going there to, to take my lumps and guide this kid around and hopefully he'd lose in the first round and I could just kind of sleep another couple days before, uh, you know, before real golf started. Um, but the kid was phenomenal. He, he was just 
I walk out on the range, he's hitting balls and he's absolutely striping it. It's, it's just absolute lasers. And, uh, his dad is standing there with him and his dad is just, you know, it, it's Tony Soprano at a central casting, you know, your, your absolute stereotypical New Jersey Italian. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, this, this could be, this could be some fun. I pick up the kid's bag and there's something digging in my hip and I open the, uh, I open the side pocket and there's, there's tennis shoes in the side pocket and I pull them out and I hand them to dad and I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't carry shoes. (laughs) And he looks at me. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. But he took the shoes to the car and we went out and played a practice round and, uh, you know, again, the kid was just absolute stripe show until we get to, uh, what is it? The fourth hole there is a, it's a medium length par five, but this, there's this really interestingly placed Creek. And by the way, this golf course, it's right by the beach. It's very low lying. It's always wet. There's no roll, no roll there at all. And there's this tree on this hole and if you don't hit it past the tree you don't go for it you just don't go for the green and two because you're not going to be able to make it over the creek even though you know if you're if there were no creek there it'd really be kind of a nothing hole and the kid the kid doesn't reach the tree and he pulls out his three wood and i told him like you're not going to make it he's like no nah, no I'll, I'll make him like you're not going to make it there's a lot more wind up at the green than there is here that you can feel because we're in a low spot. He's like, no, no, I can make it. I can make it. I'm like, he's like, I can hit it this far. I can, you know, it's, it's only 230. I know I can hit it that far. I'm like, I know you can hit a 230, but you're going to get knocked down by the wind in me in the creek. Sure enough, he hits it. Missile. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's proving me wrong, but the ball just shoots up in the air, gets caught by that wall of wind. Drops straight down in the creek. And his dad looks at him. He's like, you listen to Mike for the rest of the tournament. And we just rolled. We just mm-hmm. absolutely rolled. I don't think any match lasted longer than 16 holes. Uh, you know, the kid did everything I said. He hit every shot and just absolutely, you know, put the rest of the field in the body bag. And at the end of it, his dad just starts peeling off hundreds and handing them to me wrapped around his business card and he says if you ever need anything you give me a call and i said yes sir i certainly will and i've still got his business card somewhere have you ever called the number i've never called the number i've never had to i've never gotten in that much trouble that i needed that i needed that kind of help but it's nice to know i got it if i need it yeah that's interesting The, the uh did he ever play anywhere in college or make on a tour or anything he played i looked him up he did play i think at a d2 school somewhere he wasn't very big he wasn't very Mm. tall um so you know i imagine that uh you know he never he never got tall enough to generate enough power to like play real d1 golf or anything like that but uh But yeah, I think he did play like D two or something. But yeah, you know when you when you caddy for as long as I did, you definitely uh, 
you know, you have some stories in the bank. And I thought that would be a good one to share with uh, share with the folks at home. So Yeah, that was a good one. Um, for more stories and reviews and, and other blog type stuff, uh, head over to our website. Um, yeah, that was a, a great story. You're a good storyteller, uh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Better storyteller than I am golfer. But uh Yeah, unfortunately. But we're, we're, we're working we're working on that. We're working yeah. on that. So Um But yeah, other than that, anything else? I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week. You know, we're on to we're back to Texas. You know, another week another week on the PGA tour. Yeah. So. And then one more week till you have a major. That's right. So. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully someone. Uh, hopefully something happens. I feel like the last few weeks have been pretty dry. There's going to be ebbs and flows to the season. It's it's not the worst thing. Uh, you know, I feel like this week is is honestly kind of optional, especially being the week before a major. So yeah. pay attention if you want. Don't pay attention if you don't. We'll all lock in for Oak Hill. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out to Max Verstappen for winning in Miami this past weekend. Uh, F1 race. Started in ninth position and was in the lead by, I think, like the 30th lap. He was in second by the 15th lap. It's just absolutely insane what Red Bull's doing right now. But thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, check us out on all the socials Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. TikTok, all at Tune One Golf or Tune One Golf Podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode.